welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. Today's reading comes from Joshua 14, verses 6 6 to 14. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. It was 40, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive I will drive them out just as he did. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Thank you, Mackenzie. What a reading I gave her. Man, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. Lots of heroes in our life uh, are not the heroes produced by Disney or DC or Marvel. In fact, the real heroes of life who have come out the other end are not always come out victorious, not always unscathed, but certainly with their heads held high. I've always been challenged by the life of Caleb. Caleb from the Old Testament, Caleb who came out of slavery into Egypt, one of the very few who took that journey and who walked into the promised land. I don't say this lightly when I say Caleb is one of my heroes of life for the way he's lived uh, and what he did. For me, I, I see his courage that makes him my hero and, and I see it in, in two events in the life of the Israelites as they journey out of slavery and come into the promised land. And, and I want to talk to you about that today and I want to labour a little bit into the life of Caleb, although it really should be a five-part sermon series. So I want to cram it all. No, I'm not. It's okay. I'm going to give it to you as much as possible. But I want to thank those who have uh, preached over the last few weeks, particularly those who preached over the Some Assembly Required series. Weren't you, like me, impressed with the depth of faith that we have here amongst us as a church and and the resounding godliness that came forth from from those that have uh, preached to us? So thanks to Naomi and to to Sarah and, uh, and to Chris, uh, and thanks to Rochelle and Grant too for last week for what you did and the, 
the way in which you made us laugh, but you slipped in the gospel so beautifully. So thank you. Thank you to all those. Uh, for those who were uh, online last week, you enjoyed some vintage Mark Elford uh, and uh, cameras, you know, doing their thing to keep with Mark. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad we're able to make that happen for you and serve you in this particular way. You know, it's a busy church, isn't it, with lots of angles and things going on in the life of our church, which leads me to endorse the March the 3rd celebration service. And I, and I want to ask them two things for you. Firstly, please register. Please, please, please don't do the Adelaide thing and wait till the night before to register. We cannot go, like for even something so simple, we cannot go to Woolworths on Sunday morning and order a thousand sausages, okay? We, we need to know if you are coming and we want to make sure uh, that we are well planned. So please don't wait until the day before. There is a subset of our community uh, who we might have seen on the screen a few minutes ago at the end of the One Minute Mingle, who are reluctant to register. I don't know if, it, if there's a few young adults here. Uh, they seem to be struggling to do that. So I'm going to chastise them in the next service uh, and see how we go. Uh, secondly, and here, here we go. Secondly, uh, if you are a part of a team as, as part of Seams and you have an identity to that team, so I'm talking to those who are kids ministry, um, welcome teams, production teams, even cafe, uh, could you wear your T-shirts? I know they look really flattering. I know they're really stylish. I know all that sort of stuff. Even cafe, could you wear your aprons? Uh, because we have an identity as part of who we are uh, as seeds, uh, and we want to show the scope of our identity. So uh, young adults or excess, wear your excess Easter camp T-shirts. And show, and you know, there's some of you that are going to have to have multiple T-shirts on. That's fine. That's I'm quite okay with. It's not going to be a hot day. I'm told. Uh, I'm hoping. Um, and look, there are two things that we are hoping to achieve on this day, and that is to encourage us all as a church, so that we become encouraged, and secondly, that we give thanks to God for what He has done through the ministry of seeds. So that's that's the two things that I'm hoping that we would um, achieve. I'm, I'm also pleased to announce that. Um, that our associate pastor, the Reverend Naomi Duke, will be inducted that day. Okay, so we're going to squeeze that in as well. And Presbytery are coming to do that too. So it's all going to happen on the 3rd of March at 10 o'clock. If you turn up here at 9 o'clock, it'll be, well, there'll be buses leaving. Uh, so you can hop on one of those. Uh, but it's all going to happen down there. Um, I want to say to online community too that if there are some, uh, I don't know what, what capacity that... The, um, the breadth of the capacity that we have. Uh, but if you want to come from uh, somewhere where you need to stay overnight, we're hoping to billet some people. Uh, so you need to get in contact with us fairly soon and we'll see if we can arrange that if there's some people who want to come who are online and uh, want to stay overnight. The last thing I want to say while well, I'm just giving a few senior pastor announcements, announcements is a big thanks to all those who helped with our young adults camp last weekend. Uh, things went really well, and our young adults were really encouraged and really blessed. Uh, thank you to those who prayed, who supported that, but particularly to our cooks, the Bristos. Of course, they're great cooks, aren't they? So that's wonderful. Uh, Paul and Mandy Neal, who continue to push into our young adults ministry and support that. And of course, we cannot forget the person who's driven this. Uh, it's got, he's gone above and beyond in his job, and that's Matt Peters. 
And we go, Matt Peter's a great um, debt of thanks for what he's done. Let me, let me pray and then I'm getting to the life of Caleb. Jesus, we trust you. We trust you with our life. And so we have faith in you at this moment. Faith that you would lead us and guide us. Faith that you would speak to us. And so we, we set aside this portion of this moment to hear your word to us. And I, I pray personally that it's your words, Jesus, that we hear. That you cancel out anything from me, but you bring, enhance, uh, enable anything from your spirit. Uh, that we'd hear your voice. All of us, we'd hear your voice. Be encouraged to walk um, further um, in this life of faith and closer with you. Uh, that we can show to the world around us that the living God truly is amongst us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So with your Bibles, please, can you turn to Joshua 14? I'm going to refer to a few, uh, a few parts of that, uh, if you can keep it open. Uh, but the first time we meet Caleb is, is way before this, in, and it's in the list of the 12 leaders who were chosen to go and to spy out the promised land. And up until this point, the, the children of Israel had left slavery in Egypt and for a couple of years were camped somewhere south of the promised land. And the people had seen quite a number of miracles that the Lord had done in their deliverance and enabling them to achieve this, this nationhood that he had in mind for them. So the Red Sea opening the water from the rock, there was manna from heaven that fought a battle and, and won. Uh, Moses had received the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. They'd cast uh, the infamous um, golden calf. They'd confirmed the covenant. They built the tabernacle. They constructed the Ark of the Covenant. And their essentials, their identity as a nation under the King, which is the Lord, has been formed and forged. Moses had died. And now Joshua had assumed control and they were on the verge of entering the promised land. And so this is the part, first part of what I want to talk to you about. Of course, I've got three points, and I've put it under the title, Convinced. I already said, Caleb and Joshua are among the twelve, chosen to scope out the promised land, and the only two, the only two to come back out of those twelve with a positive report saying, we can do this. They stood their ground when all the others melted from the heat of their fears. Let me read it to you again from Joshua 14, verse 7, because this is Caleb's account of what happened from verse 7. So if you've got your Bibles, follow along. It was, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land and I brought back a report according to my convictions. Verse 8. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. However, I, I however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. You can see from this retelling of what happens that Joshua and Caleb held to their beliefs, stuck their flag in the ground while the other ten decided this is all a bit much, it is all too hard, we can't do this. And the actual account in Numbers chapter 11 is pretty brutal as the guys, the other ten guys don't have the faith required to stand their ground and not let their fears overwhelm them. 
Caleb, though, and this is why he's one of my heroes, Caleb, though, is a man of faith. He's a man of conviction. He's a man of courage. And even in the face of a land full of giants, he is going to take God at his word and trust that what God says, God is going to deliver. And that God is big enough to deal with it. And in fact, that God will work through him. So, so here's my first challenge in the life of Caleb. Are we people of conviction to take God at his word in our lives? I mean, are we able to trust that the promises of God can also apply to us even now, even us, even in our circumstances, in our lifetime before our eyes? The promise from the New Testament book of Hebrews 13 verse 5 is as true today as it was then. What's that promise? It's this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And here is the crux. Are we able to trust that this is true for us as modern day followers of Jesus? True, true when we have our first day at school, our first day at uni, true when we, when we have to make a major change in our life. True when God feels distance. True when we go through troubles or difficulties. True when we get a diagnosis that, that we do not want to hear. But that's not the only thing that Caleb challenges us in. He shows us how to have courage and to stand fast in it. Because not only is he convinced of the promises of God, but he is willing to stand up and say it. Can you imagine standing up in front of a great number of people and being in a very small minority, a minority of two? It's, it's, it's quite intimidating to do that. Now, I've spoken to a number of groups of people from the front about things that they don't want to hear or, or things they don't want to agree with, things they don't want to, to be told about, to challenge. For instance, right here, Several times I've addressed issues amongst us that have caused a strong reaction. You know, it's not the nicest feeling, and I can only just imagine what it was like for Caleb to do that on the scale of all the children of Israel, all those who are moving into the promised land. It is, it is very easy for us to apply this aspect of Caleb's life because society does not like a person who will stand on their convictions. Society is much happier when someone sits down and goes with the flow and doesn't rock the boat. Someone that makes people uncomfortable is someone who is unliked. And most of us avoid making people uncomfortable, true? And speaking for myself here, which I'm assuming is pretty, pretty close to you, I'd rather just be quiet than stick up a flag and wave it all around, drawing attention to myself. But that's not what Jesus asks us to do. He asks us to be his ambassadors. Not people who follow the crowd, but people who follow him. Jesus, you know, this, Jesus is actually jealous of our fidelity our loyalty, and he asks us to follow him 
wholly and solely. And the scriptures are clear, even if this means going against all those who are around you. You know, if you've kept up to the news in the last week or the last couple of weeks, you would have seen a Melbourne bookshop owner make comment on certain type of books that are being published these days. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Uh, you've seen, uh, we've seen the reports of a Gold Coast politician making comments on bikinis. Have you seen that? Hmm. I'm not making a comment what they said. That's really hot water stuff. But the point is that both these people are expressing an alternate cultural viewpoint and they have been crucified in the media and online. And, and you and I know what it's like. When, when you're at a party and, or you're at some friends or, and something happens and it's, and it's uncomfortable with your faith and what it's like to stand up in matters of faith or morality or, or a lifestyle that's incompatible with that of Jesus and we're sticking our head into the social version, social media version of a crocodile. Because the results are similar. We, we get pursued, don't we? But we also know this. We know that our cultural values are based on feelings, inclusion at any cost, fear and image. Not on the truth of the promises of God's love for us. Cultural values, they come and go. They change with time. They they change with mood. They change with whoever has the biggest influence at this particular moment. But the promises of God, they never change. They're faithful and true and right. And they're worthy of our discomfort in holding fast to what we know to be true. We don't impose it. We just live it. Here's my second point. Another interesting and challenging thing for us to ponder. Caleb, Caleb has extreme patience. And I've used the title calm. See, I'm trying to do these C's alliteration. It's not real my style, but anyway, there we go. I'm having to go at it. Let me, let me illustrate this by taking you back to the text. Can you follow along with me? Starting verse 9. So on that day, verse 9, Moses swore to me in a good way. The land which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since that time. He said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. Cracker. That is something else. Caleb waits. Did, I mean, you can. The maths are simple, aren't they? Even I can do maths, and not being not being really good at maths. Forty-five years for the promises of God to be realised. If that was me, I'd be like, "Oh, it's my forty-first birthday." Oh Lord, that's been a year. Um. How are we doing with those promises? You know, I turned 45, my 45th birthday. Lord, that's, that's been five years, Lord. Uh, is there a problem with the email? Did it get lost in spam or something? You know, my 50th birthday, you know. That's 10 years, Lord. Like, what's going on? 
45 years for the promises of God. Now, obviously, very parent, I have a problem with patience. But I expect you do too. 45 years. But again, it communicates an amazing truth. God's promises to us are worthy of our trust until they are fully realised. Our issue is that they are often done in a way, not in the way or in the time we anticipate or we would like. And I'm sure right now, it wouldn't take you very long to think of a situation that you would love our Lord to step into. And I'm sure you know that it's in God's will for this to happen. It's, it's a healing that you want to take place. Or, or it's a loved one who, who you desperately want them to come to know Jesus. Or it's a, it's a family member who, who you just want them to stop their addiction or their wayward actions. It's a situation that you know of that, that desperately needs resolution. We, it doesn't take much to think of something, does it? And there are several things in my life that I'm earnestly in conversation with the Lord about every minute they come into my brain. Now, I don't want to talk about the whole topic of unanswered prayer today, but I do want to encourage you with the weight that Caleb had. I want to encourage you, keep the faith. Hold on to those promises that the Lord has given to you that you find in his word. God knows what he's doing and God will work into it and make it right even if it's 45 years. A third point. This is a hard one for us to wrestle with. This is a real challenge for us as Western individuals. In fact, what Caleb says is actually shocking to us as a Western society, as an affluent society. And I'll put the third C here as committed. Caleb was committed to his whole life, bar none. Again, verse 10, would you follow through with me in the text. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since that time, since the time he said to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. Verse 11. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now, verse 12, give me this hill country that the Lord promised to me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anachalites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. So here is my last wow when it comes to the life of Caleb for today. And there are heaps of things that I mentioned. I'll come back to them another day, God willing. Do you see what he said in verse 12? Give me the hill country. Give me the hill country. Now, you think at 85 and being one of possibly only two that have come out of Egypt, walked around the desert, and now on the verge of the promised land, you'd think he was entitled out of anybody 
to the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley, to the low country, to the river flats, to the easy places, to the places already set up and wouldn't take much work to till the soil and to have a crop. Yet you think that 85 is old enough to say, I'm pretty keen on the easy life, thank you very much. The paved road, the path of leaf resistance, I mean, I'd be thinking that at 85 if I make that long. Like, give me level paths, not steps, please. But that's not, you see this, that's not what this man of God said at 85. He says, give me the hill country. You know, I wonder, and here's the application, I wonder what it says to our retirement thinking. I wonder what it says to our grey nomads. I'm not having a go with anybody, I'm just saying, what does this say? Our thought of, we have done our time, and now it's okay for us to relax. I wonder what it says to us when we feel like work is enough for the week and we haven't got any room for service. I wonder what it says to us when we say, Uni seems to fill our lives. I'm too old, too tired, too weary. So let me ask you then, in, personally, for you, where is the hill country? Where is the challenge that is in front of you at this moment? Where is the place that God is calling you? Where is the place that is going to stretch you and challenge you and keep the maturing work happening in your life? You know, we, we come back again and again to this place of least resistance. We, we, we see this fascination with it, even as people of faith. We want things worked out in our favour, our way, no tough situations to be challenged with. But that's what that's not what Caleb is showing us at 85 years old. He says, 85, give me the hill country. We're not made to give up. Made to get tired, of course, yes. To get discouraged, yes. Get weary, yes. Get overwhelmed, yes. Have sore knees, yes. Sore backs, hips and failing eyes, yes, yes, yes. All that. But give up, no. Stop, no. Not for the people of God. Not for those who are called in his service until we meet him face to face. You know, one of the greatest compliments I've ever been paid uh, was once written to me in a card and the person called me the man in the arena. Some of you would be um, uh, familiar with the speech that Theodore Roosevelt gave a um, hundred and something years ago in, two, in uh, 1910, just before the First World War. And he gave it in Paris. It was actually a speech of 10,000 words. Can you imagine that handwritten? And this is an excerpt for it, and I've asked it to be put up on the screen. But this, this bit, the Amanda Arena, is pure gold. If you've never read this before, it is, it, it's in male language, but it applies right across. I'll read it as it is, but you apply it to yourself. He says this, It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the actual the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly and who errs 
who come short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself on a worthy cause, who at the best in the end, best in the end, sorry, let me say that, who at the best knows in the end the triumphs of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I I tell you this, I read this out to you, not, not for the bravo, but for the truth. Because it stirs our souls and it says, keep going, keep at it. Even if we fail, and this, this is collective us now, even if we fail, we fail trying. Even if we fail as a church, we fail trying to achieve our mandate. What's our mandate? Bringing people to Jesus, being transformed into his passionate disciples. I love our aim I love it because it's unattainable. It's too big a task to achieve and we will never finish it. But unless we're all in, all of us working on it, we'll never even start it. As a church, this is our hill country. This is our 85-year-old calling and I call us I, I call us all in, all those who claim seeds as home, whether they're online or in person, kids ministry, seniors ministry, cafe, car park, all of seats. This is our hill country. God has given us a great big vision. And just to be clear, this is not my vision. This has not worked out with this leadership team at this present time. This has been come, this has come to us from several, from senior pastor, several senior pastors ago. It's a big vision and just like a jigsaw puzzle with a missing piece, unless we all work at it, we don't even scratch the surface. So let me sum up because I've preached way too long this morning. I've got a little bit of fire in my belly, sorry. I'm passionate about the gospel, okay? So let me sum up. We are, we, we are convinced of the promises of God to us, the promises that will come true. We are calm to those promises taking time to be realised. And we are committed 100% to what God has put in front of us. A great big goal for us all to achieve with his strength. And Caleb becomes our hero, an example in the way of living a life that's got meaning and purpose and one Let me make this really clear. One that is honouring to Jesus. Let me pray as the worship team comes up. Lord, we do honour you in this. We honour you by, by not stopping, by keeping asking you, Lord, what is it? What is it you'd have us do? So speak now to your servants. Speak, speak to us as a church. Don't, don't let us be lazy. Don't let us be slack. Don't let us pull back. But let's push into what you're doing and what you're calling us to do, that we might serve you and in doing so, serve this world that desperately needs to know about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. 
we hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.